0: Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all.
1: There are people who choose to make a positive difference in the world. Our job is to bring you their stories to motivate you to do the same. Join us each week, host John Alexander and Naima Latif, as we bring you the educators, entertainers, elected officials, religious leaders, and community activists whose works are transforming this world. Find out how you can make a difference too. Be inspired. Watch the media connection. <laughs>
0: And if you're watching this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. In these times, people are using the Internet to talk to everybody. Friends, neighbors, family members, coworkers. People are on their cell phones
1: and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that is great news. That means you can sell your products and services all day long and never
0: have to leave your home. All you need is a media connection, somebody to connect you to an audience. And that's why I'm talking to you today. We produce programs, and our audience members are people who shop. They buy clothes, food, beauty
1: supplies,
0: cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services child care services, whatever you're selling, they need to buy you. We're your media connection. Just follow this link, and tomorrow you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money.
1: Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl.
0: And I'm Naima. We're three black moms.
1: And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about
0: it all race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you teach your children about sex.
1: Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara
0: i'm cheryl and i'm naima we're three black moms follow us on facebook and subscribe to our youtube channel three black moms the female solution global radio tv show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts monday through friday 7 a.m to 9 a.m central time Start your week with Monday morning mindfulness.
2: Second
0: Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sunday, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. and Grand Rising. We are back and we are joined with our co-host Kareem Hamid and our American Muslim 360 family and all of you. Grand Rising and Assalamu Alaikum to my wonderful co-host.
2: Wa well, alaykum assalam, and Latif, Alhamdulillah and I extend that greeting of peace to everyone that is under the sound of our voice. The peace that only Almighty God can hear. Wonderful day. Praise be to Allah. Yes, it is.
0: Well, we are excited because we are preparing something that can make a difference in the lives of so many. And this is part three of a series in which we're looking to changed the lives of those who are currently unhoused. And as you all know, Chicago and many other cities are going through a crisis with so many who have been suddenly transported to those cities, coming from another country, a Spanish-speaking country, Venezuela. And in addition to the current homeless population, the unhoused, these are people with nowhere to go, and those who have received government assistance may find themselves possibly seeing some opportunities, but those opportunities have too often not been extended to the existing unhoused population, those who have been living on the streets for months, even years. So today we want to introduce our listening and viewing audience to a solution, and we're looking forward to your participation in this conversation. We've already got some people on the line, and, you know, we're, we're basically asking people, to get out of anger and protest mode and get into participation mode because being angry and marching on the government and, and, and disrupting city hall proceedings, you know, that might make you feel powerful, but at the end of the day, when nothing has changed, it's a very powerless thing to do because when people don't know what to do, they do nothing or they do something that's not as helpful as it could have been right now the the city uh as we speak are the city is installing tents in various vacant lots across the city to house those that have no place to go and have been sleeping in police stations with their families their children and Here in Chicago, it's going to get cold. We've had some mild days so far, but it's going to get cold very soon. And we're going to find that a tent is no place to have your children in sub-zero weather. It's no place for an adult wearing flip-flops because they're used to summer kind of weather uh, to be out in the cold. So, we know that the solution that, have, that has been come up with elect, by elected officials, it's lacking in vision, but it's the best they know how for right now. So that's why we, the citizens, are creating something different that will address that will address the condition that exists and perhaps provide a solution that is cooperative so that those of us who are concerned can physically be a part of ending the crisis. So here we are with Cooperative Housing Agreement, Part 3 of the series. And we're asking the question, would you help pay rent for the unhoused? Now, basically, this agreement first that the unhoused person would sign. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And then last week we're looking at all of the ways that someone with living space would need to be protected from the problems that you have when someone has issues, alcoholism, drug abuse, violence, uh, tendency toward vandalism, whatever emotional distress that they may be going through that makes them untrustworthy, those have to be addressed for somebody to open their living space to someone. And there needs to be compensation. That's a real issue. You can't ask people to pay to house someone because you're going to have to pay the light, gas. And you know, other utilities and the basic maintenance and upkeep. So, to ask someone to just give it away is not practical. But if you have people who are willing to uh, help Mm -hmm. finance this process, then perhaps it's workable. And so, this is. Why we've created a systematic way that people can help, and also to see where their dollars are going. Now, one of our one of our team uh, here at the Female Solution has a homeless project in which she is constantly giving food, clothing, and in the winter time heaters to people who are living out in tents in the cold. There are other organizations that would be willing to help, but you need individuals who will pledge money. Now, when it comes to the homeless, unhoused population, we are the solution we've been waiting for. Just as individuals are solicited to help feed starving children across the world by pledging a small, monthly donation, so too can individuals contribute a small tax-deductible donation toward paying rent for an unhoused person or family. So today, we'll look at the agreement individuals can help make, and they can make this agreement that will help financially. And we'll look at how to keep such a process honest and transparent so that people Know who they're helping. You know, just how you know when you when you if you've ever given to those you know starve help the starving children kind of funds. Uh, they'll send you a picture of the child. They'll send you a letter from the child. Now we don't know if it's fake or not because it's across the world, but we're trusting the organization that that's doing this. But we'll give the money right until we get tired of giving the money. But many have done this, and of course, so now we're looking at if you're. If you are one who is pledging your monthly donation and you're receiving a photo of someone, this is a real person, and we're giving you a real location of where they're living and how much their rent is and, you know, what portion of that you're paying. And this information helps to keep any kind of fraud from happening because you can actually verify where your dollars are going. So the question is, can we help homeless long-time residents of cities like Chicago and recent migrants from Venezuela at the same time? So today we'll solidify this agreement that residents, you know, current residents of the city would sign who wish to help, financially and we'll design a system whereby they can track where their dollars are being used and we're calling these publicly or I guess privately publicly funded apartments for the homeless private economically assisted cooperative establishments which of course is a acronym for keys because such a cooperation among private citizens can, in fact, bring peace to our cities that are overwhelmed with the crisis of homelessness. So this is what we're looking at today, creating these peace apartments, privately, private economically assisted cooperative establishments, which means you are being assisted by private funds, private citizens, this is not public housing where the city has to give a certain amount. This this is what individuals are agreeing to contribute. And this provides a means for someone who is occupying an apartment uh, to be able to live there and the person who is providing the apartment can get paid. So now we know that average rent, like $1,100 a month, and uh, we wouldn't want a person who owns apartment units to have to receive less than what they would get if they were renting to a regular person. We also don't want it to be jacked up the way it happens when people have what they call Section 8. You know, a lot of times Section 8 apartments, because they're paid for by the government, the cost ends up being very high, more than what the average citizen would pay, but it's being paid for by the government. And in this way, apartment owners benefit from the government program but it also has driven rental prices up so high that more people can't afford rent, which is what creates more homeless people. So we want to have fair prices for rent and have people be willing to pledge a certain amount per month that contributes toward this. So, I want to throw that idea out here. We've got some callers on the line already, and of course, we ask you to press one because we've asked the question: Would you help pay rent for the unhoused? Let's say okay. if you were to pledge something anywhere from ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty dollars a month. If we had designations like that, do you pledge to pay this per month to go toward the unhoused? And you know how they break it down. Uh, on these commercials for the helping the starving children, oh, for so as little as a cup of coffee a day, you know. Okay, they're 30 days in a month. Uh, Two dollars a day would be $60 a month. So if we had designations that people could pay, starting from as little as $10, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, maybe even go up to even 100, 60, 70, 80, 90, $100 a month how much you'd be willing to pledge for a year that you would pay towards someone's apartment and you would get the name of the person or the family that you are sponsoring. And this, uh, you would also get monthly reports, how they're doing. Are they, you know, they're seeking employment, uh, Classes they may be attending, whatever whatever program they're involved with to get them out of the situation that caused them to be homeless in the first place, you get you know regular reports on that, and also uh, you would of course be assured that uh, they are maintaining their agreement with the property owner and 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 their cooperative assistance with you know maintaining the the property in which they're residing and if there's any problem where they have to be removed <laughs> from the place you would be immediately notified so that you're not still paying for somebody who's no longer living there and this is important because you know a lot of these A lot of these programs where you're paying for a starving child and all of that, the child may have died, and they don't tell you. They just let you keep paying the money. So that's where the scam parts come in. So we have to remove the scam part. And the organization that you're paying the money to is someone who already is set up as a charitable organization that is agreeing agreeing to some guidelines for this, which means they need to have a website page in which you can make your donations, and they also need to uh, be transparent in terms of who is being financed with your dollars. So there, because we want the we want the contributions to be tax deductible, the way they are uh, for these various you know, help the starving children kinds of organizations. Uh, And so that means someone with a tax-deductible organization that's already involved in charitable work come aboard and be a part of this system of being financially responsible for making sure that all of the money goes toward the homeless. It can't be like, okay, we're taking 20% for our, 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 or 50% for our administrative costs. It has to. It has to. It has to all go towards the homeless effort, and that means that this can't be a money-making operation for some church or, or community organization. All of the money, 100% of it, has to go toward the rent. Which means you have to already, if you're a, if you're a nonprofit organization, you have to already have your administrative costs taken care of. It can't be a thing where. People are paying, but it's really going towards some secretary salary or something. It has to be 100% for the rent of the, the apartment for the unhoused person. So, Brother Kareem, what are your thoughts on that before we take calls from our listeners and viewers? And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325. Press 1 when you're ready to speak. And if you are watching on our Facebook or YouTube channel, The Female Solution, simply write in your comments and we'll share them with our listening and viewing audience. So, Kareem, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something that you as a citizen would do, would contribute to?
2: Well, you know, uh, we are separating the immigrants from those that are already unhoused. Uh, Regardless to what categories, it's all the same problem. You know, it's It's all all one subject matter. Right. The unhoused. And, um, you know, and I I believe it will take a partnership between government and and the private sector Mm -hmm. and the private sector. You know, it's 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 not funny, not nor strange, how this government can come up with billions of dollars overnight, billions of dollars mm-hmm. to each wall. I mean, th- with no hesitation, with no second breath, there is no. Uh, four and five meetings held, it's just almost done automatically. Yeah. Billions not thousands, billions of dollars for funding systems, a a more efficient way to kill more people. Ooh to kill more people. One plane can cost a million dollars. And they come up with that I mean with just no no hesitation, we shall fund the military-industrial complex. And we, we were mm-hmm. warned. We were warned by uh, past President Eisenhower. The citizens were warned to be aware of the military-industrial complex. What, has suffered, what suffers when you ignore that is meeting the social needs of the citizens of this country, President Lyndon Baines Johnson declared war against poverty. But with the onset of the Vietnam War, that diverted those massive funds that that he had intended on putting in education, housing, industry, that war, uh, it sucked all the air out of the room. Let's suck all the air out of the road. And and I state this once more. Those that come to this country, they are not coming to New York. They're not coming to Chicago. They're not coming to Los Angeles. They say they are, they are going to the United States. To the right. United States. So, you know, the government has an obligation, has an obligation to provide for the general welfare of its citizens. The general welfare. And and in that subject matter, the general welfare is three basics that human beings need for, for the general welfare. Food, clothing, shelter. The government has yeah. made that a statement in in the formation of this government to provide for the general welfare. Then they say, and to defend this country, kind of, you, you, you know, then they, they move to uh, funding wars. But the number one concern is the general welfare of human beings. So, it's 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 a laudable uh, idea to have, uh, but I I don't want to you know let the let this and for for real like Section Eight. They may say, well, we provided Section Eight, but speak with someone that's on that list. Oh, it's a long list. It's full of democracy. It's full of bu- Yes. Of, uh, I mean, it is, as a matter of fact, it almost emasculates the people that are, are uh, registering for Section 8. They get oh, all in your business. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is whatever, whatever solution we come up with, it has to be a partnership between government and the private sector. You know, the private sector, they could not be doing as well if it was not for the average person and the average poor funding their efforts. And so it's a partnership between the, the producer and the consumer. If the consumer stop consuming, then the producer he, he will lose his production. He'll lose his wealth. So I believe it, 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 it benefits. It benefits the private sector to shore up to, uh, uh to strengthen the labor pool that they're drawing from. You know, uh, so I, 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 I don't have a total answer. I don't. But I do know that there is an obligation to take care of those that are out of doors. In, in all of the uh, budget talks that we are hearing expressed now uh, to keep the uh, government running, the subject matter of this national tragedy of homelessness, I haven't heard that mentioned. Maybe I'm, I missed it. Maybe it wasn't it. But this is a national concern. This is a national crisis. So it, it must be addressed at that level. Yes, uh, the private uh, the, the, uh, efforts, charities, churches, synagogues, mosques, community uh, activists, they are 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 uh, voicing their support for ending homelessness. They are, but but they can only do so much. If you can spend a million dollars for one plane, I mean, come on now. Of course. Look at the military budget. A oh, of it it matter. it
0: is ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and but, but, we we know that. That money that we send to the government, we know that our tax dollars get spent, and how many citizens uh, have access to a transparent budget where we see dollar for dollar what's being spent. Now, it's available, of course. There are ways to get that information, but it's so detailed in terms of each committee. I mean, you have your elected official, your congressional official that is on whatever committee they're on, and they have access to that budget. But how many many citizens, as you said, are aware of the billions of dollars that are available that could be spent in other ways, and yet officials keep choosing to put money into war machines against our will, against our consent, against our desires, but we send people to houses of government because we trust their judgment. And when their judgment doesn't coincide with our wishes, it's a long process before we can put someone else in office. And then that person ends up not being as effective as we thought they would be because they're just one person. And unless you have a collective body of people, we know how the government works, you know, supposedly uh, majority rules. Well, if the majority of the people who get into office, number one, are wealthy because that's what seems to be the requirement in order to pay for a campaign to let people know you're running so they'll vote for you. They don't have the same principles and values as people who struggle to survive on a day-to-day basis their perspective on life is different. So the decisions that they make to the needs of people. And they may have no skills of organizing resources to make sure every single person in this country is fed and housed. They may not even have that as their objective or their intention. They may not care because they've never been unhoused or hungry. So the lack of awareness sensitivity and intention may not be there for the majority of people we have put in office. So their decisions reflect their values, which are not pro-humanitarian values. They're pro-power values, power over others. That is their intention, objective, and reason for the decisions that they make. That's who they are. So being that, as is the reality, that's who they are then if we're going to be something other than that, we have to empower ourselves to do the things that people who care about people will do, whether those who don't care about people assist or not. Now, the government has an obligation to help. I totally agree. It needs to be a partnership. But if they don't have in their hearts the drive to fix a problem that they created because of their intention to maintain power over others, we have to be the ones who create the solution and make it happen, whether or not they participate. Because if we don't do anything and instead protest them not doing anything, then we, stay, we end up with the same nothing being done that exists right now. And that will not change anything. It just, will just be spending time blowing off steam, with rallies and marches and protest meetings, and the problem will still exist and escalate. So this 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 pro this process this this plan this proposal is a
2: move to move
0: us out of inertia, out of the doing nothingness that protest tends to be when the government still does what it wants. Now right now where where I live, we had to big, massive protest meeting. I, I was live online at, at a church here in the, in the neighborhood in the 21st Ward. Packed church people saying to the alderman, alderman Ronnie Mosley, you tell the mayor we said no. We don't want those tents. We don't want those tents in our community. We don't want them in the parking lot over there. We don't want these people here and walking through our backyard. We don't want them. You tell the mayor we said no. They did all that. And yet, Right now, they've started installing tents in that very parking lot, and the elected official that we put in office did his best to express the will of the people, but it was not adhered to because the decision had already been made. So what happens when the government makes a decision against your will? Now, you protest and protest and protest. And you can even be disruptive to the people who are living there and vandalize them and and their their tents or whatever. But does that fix the problem? No. Does it make the government do what you want? No. What it does is maintain chaos. So if we're going to actually solve the problem, we have to be willing to solve the problem and participate in the solution. Otherwise, we are part of the problem. So we got to take a break and when we come back uh, I believe we're going to be joined later by Zoe Mock who uh, again a businesswoman, property owner and someone who's had the process of uh, helping homeless and I also believe we're going to be joined um, by our Monday morning mindfulness host. Zelda speaks, and she and the, uh, the HLN network, they have been working with homeless over the past several years. And we can talk about the process of an organization taking on the task of just being financially responsible for making sure that the money that's received actually goes toward the payment of rent for the unhoused. We'll be right back after this quick break. So we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in just one moment, and we want you to call in five one five six zero five nine three two five or five one five six zero five nine eight nine one and press one, and we'll open your mind. And then we'll be here.
2: Got a call on. here on <A1> All three right. sixty four. Okay, we'll, we'll
0: come. To, we'll come to that caller right after the break. Okay, well, hold on. We'll come to that caller right after the break, so stay with us. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, and if you're watching this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. In these times, people are using the Internet to talk to everybody, friends, neighbors, family members co people are on their cell phones and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that is great news. That means you can sell your products and services all day long and never have to leave your home. All you need is a media connection, somebody to connect you to an audience. And that's why I'm talking to you today. We produce programs. And our audience members are people who shop. They buy clothes, food, duty supplies, cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services, child care services. Whatever you're selling, they need to buy. We're your media connection. Just follow this link, and tomorrow you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money.
3: All
1: right. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're a three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all, race,
0: politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to
1: how do you teach your children about sex. Look for our upcoming book, growing up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl.
0: And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. Listening to and watching the Female Solution Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif, and we are joined with our co-host Kareem Hamid and our American Muslim 360 family. And joining us, returning once again, is our dear sister who will be joining the Female Solution family: international businesswoman Zoe Ma. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Yes. We're so excited, and we're looking forward to you being part of our family, launching on December 5th, Shop with Zoe. So we'll tell you more about that. We're excited because we're going to get such a wonderful opportunity not only to get great products and services from overseas, but also to get some tips and ways that you, too, can go into the retail business online. So we're excited about that as we expand. And, of course, our Tuesday host, uh, Jody Susan, of uh, Susan Essentials, is expanding to an afternoon format, and you'll be able to hear her during drive time. So we're excited because as we grow, we continue to bring you more and more exciting information, and we're excited about that. So now, Zoe, of course, you are a building owner and you know that it can be very challenging having people who are in your dwelling and if they don't comply with some basic <laughs> rules of respect for the property, it can be very challenging getting them out. And what we're looking at is, in part – Three of this series is a document that those who are willing to finance the rental cost of the apartment would contribute so much per month that place, you know, for one month. I mean, for one year, to pay monthly toward that rental cost. So whether they're paying ten dollars, twenty dollars, thirty dollars, forty dollars, fifty dollars, sixty dollars, seventy dollars, eighty dollars, ninety dollars, or a hundred dollars. Whatever they're paying per month, they have to be willing to uh, contribute that amount for that 12-month period that would go toward paying the rent for that person's apartment. So we're designing it according to how, you know, if you've seen those save the children, fund kind of things where they will ask you, yes, just just for the price of a cup of coffee a day, you can help a starving child overseas. And, you know, people will send money and that sort of thing, and they send you a picture of the child that you're supposedly helping. Well, I mean, you have to just trust that they're being honest because you don't know it's overseas, right? But in this situation, you would receive a person who is pledging to help the homeless they would uh, they would receive the picture and a background of that person that they're helping and the apartment that they're helping to pay for. So everything would be uh, quite transparent in terms of people seeing who they're helping and seeing where the money is going and having a monthly report of that person's progress toward, preparing themselves for gainful employment so that at the end of that 12 months, they can start paying rent on their own. That's the, that's the idea. But also people who are contributing to this fund would need to be immediately notified if that person had to be removed. So, you know, they would stop their obligation of paying. We want this to not be a situation where, any kind of fraud can happen. You know, a person not in the apartment, but the 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 landlord is still taking the money. You know, or people are paying toward this fund, but you know, fifty percent of it is going toward some secretary's salary. You know, we want one hundred percent of the money to be going toward the paying of the rent on this apartment for the unhoused. So, as a property owner, if there um, are- uh, oh yeah. Go right ahead. Yes,
2: that that creates a problem on top of a problem. So you know, administrative you... cost is real. You know, from, uh, there, yeah, administrative cost is real. Uh, to have someone uh perform. In that function of, uh, I mean, we're speaking of a, a. If it's a partnership between government and the private sector, then you're looking at a at a bureaucracy. You're looking at people with special expertise lending their expertise and their excellent talents to this effort. Uh, you know, they <laughs> they have. They have mortgages, they have bills to pay, and all of that that uh, uh, i'm I'm only saying that sometimes we do know the administrative costs is abused we do know mm-hmm. that. but uh, but uh if we could somewhat uh monitor that, you know, monitor that if you are someone that is uh the, the expertise that you have as a social activist. Uh, those skills are needed in such a a, uh, uh, construct that you're explaining now. Uh, You need to be paid for that. You know, I'm just saying, you have children, you have bills, you have your heart, you have your mortgage. So administrative cost is a necessary part, but if it can be monitored and kept kept honest, that's that's. That's all I can call it is honesty, keep it honest, because there is an administrative cost that comes along with any large program like this. There is no way around it. Well, what
0: about Yes, go ahead, Zoe. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, go ahead, Zoe. You know, my background is a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. I've been in the industry for about 20
1: years um mm-hmm. from being a real estate agent mortgage broker and a developer mm-hmm. um, um and uh okay just thinking you know i also run a sister living as an yeah. operator so people living in sister living has a lot of health and mental issues yeah okay almost like those people on the street
4: yes
1: how to deal with that is it so for because if it, when you are operating a living, you have the the finance, you have the administrative staff to deal with the issue. Either that person need you know is no longer compatible with the community. You need to um, have to unfortunately evict them. There's mm. a, a process. So um, for a, a, a single property uh, homeowner to deal with that kind of issue, it is tremendous for compared to the financial gain from it. Um, First of all, I like the idea to do the crowdfunding for the, uh, for a particular um, uh, individual, but before somebody has to move in, you know, from, I'm just doing devil's, devil's advocate. Um, Do, is that money, Guaranteed for the twelve months, because when you move somebody into someone's house, they expect to stay there for a length of time. They probably yes. expect to live twelve
4: months.
1: Do you have the funder, and you guarantee that payment? Mm. You you know somebody say, okay, we have money for the month, and that person moved in. The next month, that say I changed my mind.
0: And that's that's and the, the risk has- of it. Yes. So how how do you then? I mean, I think it would have to be set up where it's one of those automatic deductions from a bank account, just like if you're going to be paying a no. bill. But you're right, you know, no. people could say, well, no, right. I don't want to do it this month, and then you're – No. What if that person's yeah. financial
1: change, situation changed? The employment situation changed. You can't force that person to pay for something. It's just a change of heart. That's You know, it's understandable. It's a good will. So it's not right. a – So there's been so many, it's actually financial obligation. It's a contractual um, agreement. Yeah. It's too much burden on somebody, on a private uh, homeowner. And because I deal with a a facility where I have to deal with people with the financial health, financial and mental um, uh, conditions. Mm
0: -hmm. So I see that
1: there's some resemblance. Yes. You know, with the with, with, uh, assisted living, you're month to month, never 12 months. And you can be evicted, you have a like a mental breakdown. Yeah, it's a, like 30 days, you're up. Then how you, it's not really fair for the person just thought they have a housing situation settled. So there's a lot of issues here. And I just feel we still look at the housing as a, a basic human right. And there is something need to be, it's a contract between a citizen and its government. Right. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think the government has to guarantee that. Just like Section 8. I know there's a lot. Of, so I feel it's too much risk for a private individual to take um, for somebody they do not know. If somebody opened their house for somebody they know, then there's a lot of effect, a lot of risk being uh, giving uh, less weight on those issues. But if for unknown individual move to another somebody another owner's house, that's, um, it's a lot of risk and up who's paying for the
0: worst case scenario. So what about this thought? Uh, rather than this being someone that you don't know, is there a way that people could meet people and then choose who they would want to finance rather than it yeah, being an anonymous like, like a,
1: like a, a highway, Like a dog highway, you can dog an unhoused Yeah. So you, you you probably bring like a, a meet of leak? Like a fair people like coming in, I like that and then much. you know some people will feel comfortable, and then they will say, okay, and that house I think that homeowner probably can fund me say i'm I'm helping this individual mm-hmm. and can you um support me helping this individual get back to their life okay, get back to their feet? I think that probably then you have this agreement in place to guarantee that there's a future understanding, because that agreement is not a legal document. It cannot mm-hmm. be... I mean, it can function as like a legal document in cases of a workplace scenario, because it doesn't break a tenant and lender uh, relationship, which is going through a lot of... It will cost you a lot of money to end that relationship. Besides like that, that's, a, that's a, uh, just a gentleman's agreement cannot be important, you know, it cannot put a burden on the, uh, on the side of the, uh, the property
0: owner. Well, I, I, think that, uh, I think that's one of the or a number of the things that have to be considered. Number one, what happens if we make this agreement and then change your mind or your income status changes or whatever the case may be? And this property owner is expecting your part of the money to help pay the expenses, and they come up short because you change your mind uh they can't really come after you like a bill collector because this is this is voluntary this is a charitable contribution, so that's a risk and you know this is it just like with the the helping the starving children overseas kind of programs. I mean, I was involved in, I think, maybe for two years, sending money, and they sent me the picture of this child. Well, After two years, you know, things happened, I had to stop, you know, and they would keep sending me letters, please, you know, keep sending your money. Well, I, I couldn't do it anymore, so I don't know what happened to the child. I, you know, they were, whatever, Sudan or whatever country they were from, uh, I don't know, and then I really had no way of knowing if that child ever really received the money, or it was just a fundraising too. I don't know. I had to trust that they actually were helping a child, and they know, they had you know a letter coming from the child saying, "Oh, thank you for your help. I was able to buy books or whatever and it was." You know, I have no way of knowing if it was a scam. If they just do this and get people's money, I had to trust that they were actually helping people and that my money was helping people. Um, I think in this situation, like you say, uh, if you if there's some kind of meet and greet uh... you know the the, uh, the homeless community you know some kind of event where you can you know talk to people and then uh... select who you who who you will uh... sponsor uh... and i think i uh, and kareem like what you were saying um... You know this the, the 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 situation that that people would find themselves in if um, you know they are not uh, really to make that kind of a, a sacrifice as an organization without their administrative costs being taken care of. I think maybe you might have people who elect to finance the administrative costs for such a program. You know, maybe I want my money, maybe people can designate I want my money to pay for the rent. I want my money to pay for uh, the utilities. I want my money to pay for the administrative costs. You know, people can choose what part of the program they want to finance, perhaps. Uh. Yeah,
1: I think we make it it's too complicated. Um, you know that if we're talking about cost, somebody probably doesn't want to work for that that cost. Uh, I think uh, it's it's a goodwill. It's a it's it's, a, it's actually this program is built on compression. Yeah. So it's a conversation between two individuals, the host and the guest. Yeah. So we have to put the faith in in both of them rather than involve in third parties in, in terms of administrative role. The third party should be the one just – the donor who do the GoFundMe. I think – I think that, uh, that if we put it a concept as we start with uh, meet and greet to bring a homeowner who was willing to help and then uh, the unhoused individual who's willing to build a friendship with the homeowner. And then it's, it's not a transaction of cost. It's a, it's a, it's a compassion, it's a transaction of a compassion. Then, um, then the, the, the homeowner will take a, a, a discount on the, the rent they are asking for because it was, it's based on trust and the confession. Money can never uh, override that. You know, um, like for me, I have a, a rental property. And to guarantee, I don't rent into a legal issue. I charge, you know, it's very expensive property. I charge it very high rent. Because mm-hmm. I I select the only and then you know what I went to a foreign you know a, a consulate from <laughs> South America Then, mm. you know so I have the whole a country of South American country guarantee the payment. So mm. because and I build the relationship after that you know I I you know I, I'm very good I'm very good term with the, the tenants. they are going to stay there for the fifth year, even as a, a rental that I'm not either, even able to pay. But I just say to re- reduce the risk of the future legal uh, issues between a landlord and a tenant, it's an exorbitant cost if, if we get into that stage. So it can never be a, host, it be a landlord and a tenant relationship. It's going to be a host and a guest um, relationship based on compassion and trust and love. That's, and then, um, yeah, if you put it so, I think to build a relation, build um, to establish some kind of a bond between the tenant, the the guest and the host is important to eliminate all future um re-
4: uh, I and think that's
1: then a good point. and then uh with with the uh, with the agreement signed as you know the the cooperative housing saying this is a re- relationship is pure host and guest and then uh it's uh, it's a voluntary and then um that the guest going to agree they will leave the the landlord or the host being the you know the uh, the, the guests in violation of such agreement can give them you know five day notice they have to leave because it's unbearable to leave somebody who's very disruptive in their own household right you
0: right
1: know, in five days is enough i mean right if, so you have, yeah i would give, ask the, the police to take them out right yeah. now and, and that, that can happen right <laughs> I, uh danger
0: to yeah
1: danger to the, the um to the property owner
0: right so I
1: think
0: we just. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the the agreement can be just like you mentioned, uh, the kind of agreement that shelters have as opposed to a landlord tenant agreement. Because I know of a situation where someone was in a shelter and they were threatening one of the residents, and the police came and put them out. It took maybe a couple of days because they had to, I think. The incident happened on the weekend, and, you know, it was like the Monday morning before the police were able to actually physically remove this woman who was disruptive and and threatening people. And she had a child. I don't know what happened to her child. She had a old five-year-old child. But the police removed her uh, because she was a, yeah. a danger to the people who were there. So yeah, yeah. in those situations, you, you know, you'd end up having to rely on the police to come and get someone. But if that happens, that well, that's, that's, understood that when you uh, when you enter into this agreement that you are going to behave in a way that makes it possible for people to live with you. If you don't follow that agreement, then you can be immediately removed. And, you know, you can be given a notice, five-day notice, you have to pack up your things, find some rails, go back on the street or whatever. But if you're not gone, then they can bring the police to remove you. So, yeah that that would have to be a a safeguard that a property owner would have and uh and we've got so we ha we had a comment here from biata uh says grand rising this is thank you praying for a more peaceful solutions to the mess in our world yes we we do need to have the solution. And uh, we're going to take another break, and I think our our guest, though may have to step away, but we're going to be joined by our Monday morning mindfulness host, Zelda Speaks. And she, of course, has been running a uh, program for the Unhoused for several years. And when we look at uh, a nonprofit organization that would be willing to be one of those organizations that helps facilitate this, process of course we'll be looking at the HLN network and so we're gonna take a quick break and come right back and and then we'll say oh we got to take that caller you still have that caller on the, on the line I
2: have I two this. callers now okay this
0: all right really we're gonna important. take some calls and, and see see if people would be willing to pay rent for the unhoused we'll be right back after this brief message so stay with us Hi, I'm Naima Latif, and if you're watching this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. In these times, people are using the Internet to talk to everybody. Friends, neighbors, family members, coworkers. People are on their cell phones and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that is great news. That means you can sell your products and services all day long and never have to leave your home. All you need is a media connection, somebody to connect you to an
1: audience. And that's why I'm talking to you today. We produce programs, and our audience members are people who shop. They buy
0: clothes, food, duty supplies, cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services, child care services, whatever you're selling, they need to buy it. We're your media connection. Just follow this link, and tomorrow you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money. And we are back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We're going to take another quick break. And come right back with our Monday Morning Mindfulness host. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back after this brief message, so stay with us.
2: Hi, this is Sharon Alexander.
1: And I'm Niamh Meet people like you who are making a positive difference in the world. Watch us every day on The Media Connection at www.youtube.com slash The Media Connection TV.
3: YouTube
1: it. We'll see you soon. There are people who choose to make a positive difference in the world. Our job is to bring you their stories to motivate you to do the same. Join us each week, host John Alexander and Naima Latif, as we bring you the educators, entertainers, elected officials, religious leaders, and community activists whose works are transforming this world. Find out how you can make a difference, too. Be inspired. Watch
0: the Media (laughs) Connection. And we are back listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family, and we're so excited because we are presenting a solution to a problem, and we're willing to put our money where our mouth is, and this is PEACE, Private Economically Assisted Cooperative Establishment. And these are places where private citizens will contribute to the paying of an apartment for an unhoused person. But you need an organization, a bona fide organization, uh, to be willing to be one of those facilitators of collecting the money and distributing it where it needs to go and that is our co-host pointed out that does involve some administrative costs so we want to be transparent so perhaps people who are pledging their 10 20 30 40 50 or 60 dollars a month or more perhaps 70 80 90 or 100 a month can designate where they want their contribution to go do they want it to go toward utilities? Do they want it to go toward administration or do they want it to go for rent? I think if we did it that way, then rather than saying, oh, you're helping somebody, you're paying for their apartment, but then 50% of what they give is actually going toward paying a secretary's salary, that's not really honest. So if we can keep things honest, then we can actually have a designated spot on the form where people say where they want their money to go, and if they want to pay for the administrative costs, then we actually have administrative costs taken care of. So, of course, we wanted to have our Monday Morning Mindfulness host, Zelda Speaks, come on and talk about her work with the unhoused and maybe some of the administrative challenges that would need to be addressed if we had such a system. And one of the things Zoe mentioned, she mentioned, of course, if you had a maybe a meet and greet with the homeless where people who were interested in financing this program could come to a place and, and meet them and talk to them, maybe in a place where they already are, like Tent City. Uh, and uh, and then, of course, select who you want to sponsor because you're developing a relationship with that person. And that makes it a lot easier, I think, to Unmuted. be committed. Because if you know the person that you're financing, you're less likely to drop them after two months. Yeah, I'm tired of that. Because you know this this woman and this child, depending on your $30 a month, to help pay their rent. So you're going to be a little more mindful, I think. And then, of course, the third thing is selecting what your contribution will pay for. If you're going to choose to pay for the rent, then you you know that that property owner needs you to come through and pay your portion of what you say you're going to pay, because that's part of the budgeting process. So, Zelda, that's that's where we have uh, gotten with this process, and, you know, we've got some very good uh, suggestions that have come forth so far, but we really want to iron it out so that it is a program that's workable and perhaps an organization like yours, would be one of the administrative organizations that receives funds and makes sure it goes where it's needed to go. So before we take callers, what are your thoughts on that? You already have people that are sending money and, and you make sure that they get, the, the the homeless get the heaters and you, you know, you, you're, and you're transparent. You have it online. You're showing visually people can see what you're doing. They can, uh, uh, watch the videos and see where you're delivering the food, you're delivering the heater. So, you know, there's no there's no chance of any kind of fraud or deception. People see what you're doing with their money. And I think that has to be the one of the stipulations of of if an organization is going to be one of those administrative organizations of these funds that they have a transparent way that they can show people what's actually being done. So, what what are your thoughts on that?
5: I think this is a wonderful grand rising.
0: Grand rising. <laughs>
5: To all of the listeners, the viewers online, and to our co-host, um, Brother Hamid. Yes, yeah, yeah. Kareem Hamid, Yes, Kareem Hamid. And all um, the listeners, thank you so very much for having this topic because it is near and dear to my heart. Because in 20, 2018, I can't remember. <laughs> my little brother was living in Tent City. Mm-hmm. and he was murdered by another young man who was new to Ted City like mm-hmm. and at his memorial all of these people unhoused and housed came out to pay respects to my little brother Douglas Robertson
1: mm-hmm. who
5: just had a he was a humanitarian at heart and after all these people showed up, it, it it was just in my heart. It's like something has to be done. Because I didn't know that homelessness was such a problem that it is.
3: Yeah. So
5: I my research on YouTube and Google and all of that, and I find out that there is just so much going on. And I am not a person of immense wealth, but I am a person of contacts and community. And I believe that as a community, as a human community, that we could get together and do something about this. So I've been volunteering at this organization called uh, EAA Chicago, and they're connected with the uh, another organization and with the uh, Chicago Food Depository. So I go there every week and I help the seniors pack food and, and distribute food to those in need. And they allow me to get some groceries to take to Kent City and mm. we have several cities and do that not because it's the thing to do, but that's what I was taught as a child, mm-hmm. to help, where you see help needed. So that meant I had to curtail some of my uh, extra expenditures that I, that I really don't need, you know, like going and buy $3, 4 $5, a cup of coffee, which I don't drink, but I do like the lattes and tea. So to to be in a place where, Humanity depends on your generosity. That is a feeling. They always talk about Christmas and feeling good and giving, and giving and giving. But that's stuff that's going to go in the garbage the next day because the kids mm-hmm. are not, you know, And it just it touches me in such a way to be able to help someone. Because I've been over it. I know mm-hmm. what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be, to have somebody walk past you and just simply ignore you because of the way that you look. You may look homeless.
1: Mm -hmm.
5: What that does to our soul is, is, it's hard to explain if you've never had that experience. So my experience is to help where I can. And the organization, the Higher Learning Network that I work with, We've been doing this for some years now, and I hear of all the trouble that most, many organizations have for not being transparent. Like, so this is do-it-all. everybody can see what we're doing. The numbers are there. When you give a donation, we go straight to the homeless and get them whatever they need. If out, well, we haven't been able to secure housing, but we're still working on that. Mm. But generators, heaters. Uh, food, blankets. Clothes. I mean, in this time of year, you see the Venezuelans are going back. They say we can't do uh, the tent winters.
0: i know uh, yeah.
5: Uh, Chicago.
0: Yeah. So that so m- that might be
5: a problem. Available, where people can see the difference that it'll make, and maybe you just sleep so well at night. Mm. Knowing that you made your contribution helps someone literally not freeze overnight. Yeah. Not very well at night, because mm-hmm. I know I did the very best I can with this time that I've been given. Two days to make this planet a better place for yeah. those who don't have what we have.
0: Yeah. Shelter. Yeah. In Chicago, you know you need shelter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's not. This is not a place you can live outside no. No. <laughs> in December not and January and February. So. No, no. Yeah, all the help you can get, and then, yeah. uh, and then
5: people just come out of nowhere and want to volunteer and help, and I love it.
0: That is great. That's great. So I think that's – I think it's a workable thing, and HLN, you know, the Higher Learning Network is already set up in terms of where you can give your contribution. Uh, already set up, we're showing online where where it's going, uh, visually showing people receiving things based on the donations. So I think, you know, for uh, whether it's a church, community organization, or whatever that wants to be a facilitator of this kind of program, I think those are some of the guidelines that they would have to meet to be able to, number one, have a place where people can, send their contributions and, you know, maybe the form we create would designate uh, what they want those contributions to go for, and two, have a visual platform where they can show people where they are are helping so that uh, it's not, you know, there, there are no uh, concerns about whether or not, especially if people are, are giving things, and I think, the form that we're creating, we're gonna to go to the phone lines at, in a moment. the form that we're creating that people will sign that are gonna participate in this, they can also designate if they're going to give food like unperishable you know and uh or clothing or housewares you know things in, in in good condition there are a lot of there are a lot of groups that that collect um you know you have Goodwill and the Salvation Army. But then a person has to be able to go and get the things and then have some place to store the things once they People get them.
5: People don't have money like that. They're always asking for money.
0: Yeah. It's well, so, well, the
5: dollar to get on the bus. And even though the bus costs, what, $2?
0: Right, right. So whatever it costs. when you're homeless, you don't have the basic necessity to be able to even take advantage yeah. of those low-cost kinds of programs to go and buy some clothes for, you know, buy a pair of pants for $2. So they, don't have, they don't have it.
6: So they they...
0: <clears throat> So those kind of programs don't help people that are on the very bottom living outdoors. So, Kareem, you've got some callers. If you want to take a caller, and then we've got some callers on our line, so we'll kind of switch back and forth and, and uh, take callers on our line. So after the caller on the AM360 line, then we're going to go to uh eight one three six four seven and then 872-731 and then 312-632. But first you go to the AM360 callers. So, uh, Kareem, you want to open the mic for a caller? Yes.
2: Error code 312-882. I think this is Minister Floyd Plump.
7: We are yacht Grand Rises, and Lake mualaikum Brother Kareem. How you doing? Um,
2: I'm, I'm fine, praise, praise Love. God.
7: Yes, well, uh, I am too. Uh, I'm a ex-homeless person. And uh, I know that we all need to have, you know, something that even uh, uh, the Black Panthers started back in the day, food, clothing, and shelter. And yes. that is a need. You know, the world responds, <laughs> Brother Kareem and Sister Naima, uh, to need greed or curiosity. So thank God for the female solution. We can leave out the greed and go <laughs> to the need. and that's right, Hallelujah, Lord about and I want to establish a, a relationship with the Harold Washington Foundation and uh, the higher uh, educational learning Facility. and learning network, uh, a collaboration with uh, Zelda Robinson, you know, in helping the homeless. Only I want to kind of I asked I had a question to ask uh, Zelda. Uh, do you have a special uh, uh, group uh, for helping the veterans, the homeless veterans? Because I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I, uh, you know, I had veterans in mind uh, also. Uh, do you I have a special group or unit for the uh, United States veterans?
6: Do we have a
0: special group or unit that does what? That helps the veterans. I know I know you help the homeless in general, but is there a, a like separate designation for those who are veterans? There's not one?
5: a separate de- designation, but there are homeless men out there because I talk to them and I ask them questions. So I do know that there are homeless veterans out there, excuse me, un-out veterans. There's not a select group, but they are there because I speak with them individually, so I know that they are there.
0: So, so I have a question, and thank you, Minister Plump. We appreciate that uh, because that's a group in itself. Would you say that there tends to be some unique or specific needs that a homeless veteran has? I know a lot of them deal with PTSD to be the reason why they're homeless and yes, family can't.
5: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Lots of that. Lots of mental health, health issues in which we are not equipped to handle we can handle uh, getting them what they need to keep warm but the mental um, issues that they have i refer them to uh, people places and organizations that i'm aware of now whether they follow up with that that's another story because uh, every week that i go there it's not always the same same people so sometimes i see some people that I've talked to before, and lots of times I see people that I have not talked to before, so it's just, it's a revolving door. Sometimes I see them, and wh- whoever I see there, are always grateful to see it, So and that puts joy in our hearts, to you know that we're making a difference in somebody's lives, because we all, somebody, we all have someone to answer to, whether we know it or not, and I want to be on that number, in that number, mm. to get the
0: right thing. So I'm thinking that
2: uh... Uh, if I may... okay go go ahead yes now, if I may lend some historical context to the concern of veterans um, after World War one, the veterans were promised bonus checks, and the a lot of them were homeless, the economy was suffering, and um Many of them were homeless and unemployed. There was this man, his last name was Hackney, Hackney, and he organized veterans to go to the National Mall in, in some sort of the nation's capital. And they constructed shanty towns demanding their bonus checks to help them survive. Um, I can't remember who, who was the president. It may have been Woodrow Wilson, but he directed the Army. He directed General Pershing to assemble a group of, of uh, military personnel, and they opened fire. They opened fire on the veterans that had constructed oh, no. this shanty in front of the nation's capital, oh, nice. asking for their bonus check. Wow, so if we would that, let go back and look at that. that, that is a a a, a keynote in the history of this country concerning their treatment of, mm. of, of, mm. of veterans. And it's shame now wow. how there are so many homeless veterans at this time. I'll stop right there. Wow. On. That's It happens on. Wow. That's
0: that's that's horrifying. So our veterans really have not been treated well for a long time. I'm gonna I'd like to open up the a mic for a on switchboard and then we'll go back to your switchboard after this. Uh 813 eight one three six four six. Grand rising. Your mic is open. Uh give us your name where you're from and your
4: uh Yeah, L.A., Central we'll... Florida. If yes, you, can you hear me?
0: L.A. Okay. Yes, we can. Uh, just,
4: just real quick, Uh, I've been a landlord since like 1983, landlord, part-time developer. Just from my observation, I don't see everything. <clears throat> I probably only see one, maybe 1% of what's happening out there. But in my years of experience when it comes to homelessness, I would say, the, the, I'm narrowing it down. It's I, I call it a 45, 45, 10, 10 situation where 45 percent of the people who are homeless, it's really a matter of geography. They're living in the, they're trying to get housing in the wrong place geographically speaking. Whereas I, I use Washington D.C. where I'm from, and if you can't afford a room. That's the room i ain't talking about a whole house or apartment if you can't afford a room that rents for eight hundred dollars in the city of washington d c or the surrounding suburbs, if you would just drive forty five minutes in any direction or in some cases an hour radius of d c you'll you'll find a whole house that you can rent uh for less than eight hundred dollars a month and I mean you might have wow. to commute. But, I mean, you, but it's just a matter of geography. So I think that's 45 I mean, from my, from my little rough observations. Uh, the other 45% is the majority of Americans, or even Western people, do not know how to build their own affordable house. If, if well, you're making, yeah. if you're earning, let's say, $50,000 a year, okay, you you really don't unless you got a like a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand dollars cash in the bank. You really don't need to be moving into a house that costs a hundred thousand dollars, and you did signed up for a thirty-year mortgage. It's it's more than likely it's not going to work out. Uh, however, yeah. if you learn how to build your own house now, a good metric for this is the reason why. Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, and Ace Hardware stores, Lumber 84, are all in business because a significant portion of their cl- daily client base are people who do it themselves. They, they make their own repairs. They, they build their own places. That's a significant number. So, uh, and then the 10%, you can, legal, legal, you can leave that anywhere because I don't think there's one silver bullet that's going to cure up homelessness. I, I we ran a radio show out of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, this past September, and I had two people living in their cars. Uh, they have jobs; wow. they got cars. The cars are running, but and we offer a, a, a entry level pilot program where we'll teach you how to build, but you got to travel wow. ninety minutes to get to our location. Uh, but I'm gonna have them seen it. So, you know, some people, in my opinion, they, they are where they want to be. You know, everybody has a different reason, so I'll land my plane here. Mm.
0: Well, thank you, L.A. You know, I mean, there there is affordable housing in different places, but usually the people who can't get to it are people who don't have transportation. So uh, they, they have to live where they are, where they can walk to, and that's, that's why they're sleeping out outside on the ground. So, uh, Kareem, I think, well, we got to take one last break, and then we'll come right back real quick, and uh, we'll take a call on your line, and then we'll take us, uh, some calls on our line. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515 605 and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we'll gladly open your mic as we talk about uh, a cooperative housing program that you can participate in and actually help in homeless. Are you willing? Are you willing? And we're going to talk about that. Would you help pay rent for the unhoused? We'll be right back, so stay with us.
1: The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show
0: invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday morning mindfulness with Zelda's feet. Tuesdays, self care with Jody Sousan. Wednesdays, repairing broken families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, soulful solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, health and well-being with Viata. And we are back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And we are talking about helping the unhoused. And we're asking the question, would you help pay rent for the unhoused? Now, uh, we've got a couple of of points, the agreement that individuals would um, sign that would be a the free will choice to help but certainly uh an agreement based on an honor system because we can't go after you as a bill collector if you if you agree to pay say thirty dollars a month and at month three you decide you really need to do something else with your thirty dollars. We can't go after you as a as a bill collector but perhaps if you met the person that you're uh sponsoring then maybe you feel more of a personal obligation so we're taking a look at this private economically assisted cooperative establishment agreement would have first of all you meet and greet the homeless and perhaps well let me let me stop right there Zelda do you think rather than trying to get people to go someplace if people who were interested would go to the place where the homeless are see where they're living whether it's people in a in a um, people in a police station or people on the street and actually get to talk to them. And I would, I would want some Spanish speaking residents to step up and be a part of this and help with financing those who are Spanish speaking migrants. Uh, I think it makes sense if you know that uh these are people you can help, and language-wise, you at least are able to communicate and get to know them and establish a relationship. I think it's, that's important as well. But certainly those longtime homeless people who've been here, they've, they've got communities out you tent cities and different places. So you think residents who would be contributing to this program if they – we had a day where there was like a meet and greet <laughs> – what would you think about that sort of thing if, if you brought some people out, say, on one of the days that you do your regular distribution and they actually got a chance to meet people who were there? Do you think that people would feel uncomfortable with that? Do you think they'd be willing to meet somebody who's saying, look, I'm, I'm going to be a sponsor for your apartment? You know, what, what do you think that process would be like?
5: I think most people look at people homeless as them.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: So before a meet and greet is put together, mm-hmm. those who are willing to volunteer to go out to do that, I think we need to sit and have a conversation, a mm-hmm. brief conversation.
0: Yeah. Because
5: when we go meet these people, we need to take the blinders off.
0: Yeah,
5: and The blinders are the eyes that we look through and not see them from a visual perspective, but from a heart perspective. Because Mm -hmm. all of these people have beating hearts that are hurting right now. And when you reach someone from the heart, there is a connection that can't even be verbalized because you see their pain. You see their disappointment. So if you go in there from that perspective and your heart is open Wonderful things will happen to you that I cannot express to you. It's an experience that you have to have in order to do that. So, yes, I do believe in the meet and
1: greet. Even mm-hmm. if the meet and greet is not in person, even if the meet and greet is virtual. That's an idea. That's not that's right. yeah. You know, it gets,
5: it gets cold in Chicago. Not everybody wants to come out.
0: Right. So, so
5: if they are willing to... Uh, come online and and just have a little session and and air out their thoughts about what they think homelessness is. Because if you have never been homeless, you really don't
0: get it. Right, right. I mean, we could just like online here. You just send people a link. They could come online and and talk about it. And then even be uh, and take them to the site where they can see people and talk face-to-face virtually. Uh, I think that's an excellent idea. And not all of these people are crazy. Many of these
5: people are just working
2: people who, as
5: as L.A. said, many of the homeless are unhoused, excuse me, many of the unhoused are working people who live in their cars.
1: And they go to work
5: every day just Mm -hmm. like you do, Mm -hmm. but they don't have housing. So a virtual meet and greet would be wonderful. We can do it at your time, we can do it in the morning, we can do it at lunchtime, we can do it at night, whenever it needs to be done just to be able to help those who are needed. Not to be judgmental, as I've heard heard someone say, to see with those lying eyes, (laughs) eyes will fool you. You have to communicate with people. From the heart, and right. if you really want this project to work, you have to come from a different perspective. Right. And we all have we all have a heart, so you know we we get caught up in the Christmas uh, jingle of the have a heart and give from the heart and all that kind of stuff. So now
0: it's it's a, it's an opportunity to to show it,
5: and I'm very grateful right. people are listening.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you to all those who have a heart from the Higher Learning Network. Now. Um, I'll I'll take another caller and uh Karina, let me know if you've got another caller on your line. Eight seven two seven three one your mic is open. Give us your name where you're calling from and you're coming. This is
6: calling calling. This is Rashida. is calling. Hi. Who's calling? It's Rashida. Oh. calling? Hi. Hi. Thank you for calling. Me, I don't would, I would like to address my issue. Um uh um um homelessness use to the man. um the reason why is is because um a while ago I wrote a proposal and a HUD gave me a last release that had twenty seven rules. however, no one seven or no profit organization has been capable of helping me with this issue, the Imam Ward, he agreed, um, and I wrote a proposal to HUD, and uh, received um, housing rights for the homeless. The first one I housed were were the veterans. However, finding it um, that at this point and time of my life, since, the tragedies and the traumas I experienced, I haven't had any assistance. And so, since I was the author of this legislation for the homeless, I would like to do a cl- collaboration with my um, affiliates, especially those uh, of religious nature, and especially because female Moham, Mohammed Muhammad, uh, approved it. Approved it and what uh, was done was I established a religious charitable trust. But I find that uh, the American uh, Muslims today, they don't do as they did yesterday, where they reach out and you have no homeless sister and a Christian shelter being abused or a homeless Muslim child being abused. So that has been my experience. And that is a fact and it's I've also uh, reported it to um the the court, the federal courts about the experiences that I've had. So rather than put myself at this age in vulnerable state into a uh, um you know, situation I tie and collaborate with um American Muslim community that knows how to actually reach out without being sanctioned by legislation. So I would like if uh, the man could give me his forwarding information so I can be able to hold some dialogue with him.
0: Well, I'll certainly uh, forward you his contact information. Uh, Rashida, before we take next call, I have a question. Since you've observed that sometimes... Uh, people who are providing homeless uh, or unhoused people shelter can be abusive, what measures do you think need to be taken to protect the unhoused person from abuse by people who are providing housing? Uh, I, I know that sometimes people can be very cruel to someone that they feel like doesn't have any options, and can be treated very badly, like Zelda's talking about. You know, sometimes people have these impressions or these ideas in their mind about somebody who's unhoused as if they're not worthy of basic respect. So do you think anybody who is providing such housing needs to also have some guidelines that they will follow, such as treating the the person who's being uh, sponsored in a house with respect? And respecting their 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 privacy and their rights and dignity and everything else, just like any other resident. What are your thoughts on that?
6: Well, I could tell you what I did um, for a Muslim sister, a couple of them who had been uh, put in that situation. Um, I referred them to, through the clinic process for uh, therapy, and then after uh, having, in fact, uh, in minister plumber was homeless. I, I had him to um, we shared options, and I had him also to help with his sister. She's a, a, a daughter-in-law of uh, Muhammad Ali, and um, she was badly being abused and it messed with her psychologically. So I um, did a verbal agreement with the liar Center, and that's um. Muslim psychiatrists and psychologists, and we had in-home therapy at the Masjid al Farouk. And strangely <laughs> enough, I was the only one who participated after organizing. But she, mm. Minister um, Plump, I had him because I was living in this Christian subsidized government housing, and I was a victim there. So I asked Minister Plump, "Would he help me?" So he took his sister to Northwestern University, and we got her into therapy, and she's doing fine now. She's even uh, had custody of her child, you know, because uh, she was so badly abused by uh, men and others who thought they were better that she had lost her balance. So it was really mm. bad and I just couldn't see that happening to any individual. So what I think is best yeah. for all the people who have been in transitional homes if you go through a, a trauma. I know I did at this age when my grandson got killed. So Yeah. You know and and I'm thinking everybody that she did. did therapy and there's yeah. a twenty seven uh twenty seven um line lease agreement. Designed by the government from my proposal for the homeless. And they have
0: we'll, we'll, we'll definite get outlines with you on that. Uh, do. I, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get with you on that because I know there are probably some points that would need to be included in this document. We're gonna take a few more calls. We'll 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 talk to you offline, uh, Rashida to make sure that we are able to benefit from your experience and knowledge and uh insight, because one of the things that we want to do is to protect the rights of those who are unhoused, especially because they tend to get taken advantage of if it's felt that they don't have any options. And we don't want anybody uh, to feel like that they're going to always be threatened with getting put out if they don't do certain things or, you know, any kind of... uh, Pressure to perform any kind of sexual act, you know, or be threatened to get thrown out. We don't want that kind of abuse. And we know human beings do things if no one's looking and they're not held accountable. So you have to screen the people who are providing housing. You have to screen the people who are being housed. And there has to be this transparent system so that everybody's rights are insured. And uh, we're gonna take uh, Kareem. Do you have any other callers on your line? You got some callers on our switchboard.
2: No, I don't. But I, I want to respond to Rashida. Uh, you know, in my reading the Quran uh, this morning after the Fajr prayer, I uh, just opened up the a book to the second chapter in the Quran. And just by chance, I I read this verse in the second chapter of the Quran, and uh, it is addressing humanity. It's the two hundred and fifty fourth verse, and uh, this is on all of us. It says, Almighty God says, "I seek refuge with God from the of Satan, with the name of God most." Beneficent, most merciful All you who believe Stand Out of the bounties we have Provided for you Before the day comes With no bargaining Nor friendship Nor intercession Those who reject faith They are the wrongdoers So We are to do And spend what Almighty God has blessed us with in charitable acts and charitable deeds. I can't speak for the whole of the association that I'm a part of, but every locale, every mesjid, every location, there should be a concern for the condition of the people in the areas and the neighborhoods and the city that you live in. So uh, that this verse is telling us: if you are a believer, then you should spend your wealth. I'm this. This is my terminology. You shall spend your wealth that God has provided for you before the day comes when no more nor friendship, nor any interest, intercession. Those who reject faith, they are the wrongdoers, so I can't speak for the whole association, but this is for all people that believe we must meet the dire need of humanity period period, and I reiterate that this is a national crisis it's not a local crisis. we have to elevate this condition to the the uh, elevated status that it is this is a national crisis absolutely uh, so yeah it's, it's not a local that, problem it's, a it's national what it is national so uh if I may share with you a public service announcement that we have here on the studio board here this, a uh, quick listen to this, if you will please.
1: Assalamu alaikum. Peace be with you. This is Dr. Constance Shabazz for American Muslim 360 announcing a new program from our parent corporation, CWSC, called Eyes on Our Communities. While all are being challenged by the current public health environment and policy of spatial distancing, To prevent the spread of COVID-19, some older Americans are being urged to stay at home who could unfortunately wind up being out of sight, out of mind. Social isolation itself can be a threat, so CWSC is asking believers nationwide via its National Volunteer Human Resource Network to be an extra set of eyes now for our seniors to help ensure they're okay. If you're a senior or a disabled person and need assistance, please call 910-317-0297. And one of our volunteers will be assigned to call you and help connect you with government agencies, nonprofits, civic or faith-based and other institutions addressing elderly and disabled needs. We don't want a single person to fall through the cracks, so please call 910-317-0297. Help is just a phone call away. The public service announcement from the CWSC and AM360.
2: Yeah, so that that public service announcement, is aimed at the elderly. But uh, for real, it is all of all of us as human beings uh we uh d- just give us a call, and we will connect you with agencies and social organizations that can help and address your human needs. That is what we are doing here, you know. We, uh, so I, I, I can't speak for the whole of the association, but any locale that you're in, you should be a conduit. You should be an aid to those people that live in the community in which you live. And if there is a need, you should be a conduit to address those needs and lend aid and support to those people in the location that you live in. We thank I, you for
0: that in this. place. Yeah, well we thank you all for the work you're doing. And I think we have among us all of the associations to make this happen that we need and we can we can actually begin this process with the organizations and the groups that have the structure already to begin helping and people. It. And we can make it happen. Now and I, I think people who want to get involved they can even designate what they want their contribution to pay for, if they want it to pay for a specific thing, such as if they want to pay for rent, if they want to pay for utilities, they want to pay for administrative costs, if they want to pay for mental health services, or if they want to pay for job training services. I think, like you said, Kareem, you can develop partnerships and and, and have these agencies that provide these services, and people can choose what they want their contribution to help finance so that everybody participates in the solution, and people can also select so like what they want to contribute if they want to they maybe I don't have money but I got a lot of extra canned goods that you know are still they uh, are still good you know not not expired or anything mm-hmm. uh, or if they've got housewares that that they can uh, contribute or toiletries they can contribute you know I think people can be asked to participate in some way that they have the power to do above and beyond whatever the government does or does not do. We can do that right now. So we're, we're going to definitely work with, you know, CWSC, going to work with the, the Higher Learning Network, going to work with all of the agencies that have something to contribute, and we're going to also identify people who are willing to put their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. and 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 participate in a way that is substantial. Uh we're we're running out of time now. I don't I don't think we got time to do an over do an after show because we got to, we got to get to class today.
5: Yes, we have uh, to get to Betty Shabazz International Charter School for our wonderful youth who are teaching me so much. We're training them right to learn the art of podcasting and how to earn income from that
0: on right. the Higher
5: Learning Network dot org.
0: So, so we're going to take two more calls, but but we just got a couple of minutes. So each of you take a take, you know, thirty seconds or or, you know, to to make your comment. Uh, three three six three five zero. Introduce yourself. Give us your question or comment, and uh, we love your contribution.
1: Uh, Grand Rising's Dr. Latif. Greetings, family. Greetings, everybody. This is uh, parents, Mama Mama Bonfire. Yes, Yes, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Uh, can uh, can, can uh, Rashida give me a call, please? Uh, I'm asking her Rashida. to give me a call. You give her my number. It's very important. And thank you for this show. I'll uh, get you up to speed, Dr. Latif, later on.
3: Thank us. All
6: right. Thank us. All right. Thank you so much.
0: And I believe you've got uh, 706-202. you got about 30 seconds before we go. Go right ahead with your
6: comments.
3: Yes and quick comment Is excellent show Assalamu alaikum to you both And to the family oh, at- The thing that I'm hearing is We're looking at We have post-traumatic Slave syndrome We have post-traumatic trauma What we're looking at is How can we now create What's called post-traumatic growth Post-traumatic growth Is a part of the recovery This is what we're talking about How do we help these people recover to become a a productive citizen or, or a human being? The idea for individuals to learn to draw strength in adversity from these traumas. Being homeless, being spaceless is a trauma. And what we have to do is retrain these individuals to be a productive person on this planet. On this Turtle Island. Absolutely. Part what we're doing is is that we see the problem, but do we give them the tools to rebuild themselves? Absolutely. We're out of time now,
0: and we've come to the end of our show today. But you can hear every show in the archives at. To make sure that we're giving them what they need, and we're looking at by December being able to have people in apartments. We're going to talk to some of the landlords and organize people who need housing and see how many people we can get into these apartments and how many people we can get as part of the process of sponsoring people with their monthly contributions. How many people can we get off the street and into a place And how can we actually make it happen this winter so that people are not sleeping out on concrete and sub-zero weather? That's our goal. So stay with us. We'll continue this process. And, of course, join us tomorrow for Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And we'll hear more about some of those those traumas that Baba Carmen talked about and how we can help people overcome them so they can be healthy and whole human beings thank you so
1: much my dear sister
0: <laughs> we'll see you in a few <laughs> couple hours
5: make <laughs> <laughs> sure so everybody tune in from 12 excuse me 2 until 2.15 on the on our youtube channel higher learning tv show so that they can see uh wonderful students
4: podcast.
5: or just go to uh, higherlearningnetwork.org org and click on the youtube you go. Thank you all for listening And look forward to talking to you Rashida and all the others who are concerned About those who are unhoused So we can yes. all sleep good at night Knowing that we've done the work that put us
0: here to do Absolutely okay. Thank you so much And we will see you all tomorrow And see you this afternoon On the Higher Learning TV show And until that time We want you to continue To shine your light
5: your light is the one that met.